The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome everyone and greetings to you, uh, all of you intentional spirits out there and thank you for your participation in the show and sharing the show. We just really greatly appreciate you as you know that we offer tools and new ways of looking through windows of life in order to support all of us in being intentional spirits. And today on our show we have a listening expert. Her website is listen to succeed and success is all about the ability to listen and today we have Leslie Shore. Leslie, welcome to our show. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Oh, I'm so delighted that you're here, and um, I want to thank you first and foremost for what you're doing in the world and, and the way that you're impacting relationships, companies, organizations, uh, parenting. I mean, listening is everywhere, and yet give us a little background as to how did you become intentional? You know, why did you feel called to this particular field? Um, and to dedicate your life to it? Well, I was extremely lucky in that I had a grandmother and a set of parents who were extremely effective listeners. And as a result of that, as uh, my two brothers and I were growing up, we really felt heard, our self-esteem was good, we never felt that our parents didn't have time for us, And when I was doing my master's uh, work and figuring out what my master's thesis would be all about, I realized when I did the research that although we listen 45% of the time, only about 10% of any communication book dealt with listening. And really, very few of them dealt with the barriers that that get in the way of effectively listening to someone else. So you put that together with how I grew up, and it was just a no-brainer that this is what I was going to do because I wanted people to be able to grow up like I did and give that gift of listening to others. 
is, is so powerful. Um, has it been pretty much your entire career? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hear a laugh. Okay, that's the yep. part I want to know about. <laughs> okay, so uh, after I graduated college, the next 25 years of my life was in retail. And the reality was that um, because of my ability to listen and to train others that were underneath me, either as a manager or when I became a district manager, I was able to train them how to listen to customers effectively. Um, Those were 25 really good years where there was a great deal of success. And then what I realized was, you know something? I really love to train and teach people, and I only get to do that about 10% of the time uh, in the job that I'm in, and I made the decision at age 48 to go back and get my master's degree, and it was at that point where um, the joy that I had in my own heart about listening and giving that gift to others was one that needed to go outwards into the world. So, you know, that third part of life is one that becomes very rich and very meaningful. Well, when we look at the the fundamentals of listening, um, it, it's broad and quite extensive. So walk us through some everyday life value of how we would be impacted if we would apply a deeper practical application in our listening skills. And I just want to say that um, what I like to say, it it sounds like I'm digressing, but I'm not. Um, When I talk to people about, you know, uh, making peace with their inner critic, I say, you know, you really want to do it now. Because as you get older, you have hair growing where it used to not. You don't have hair where it used to. Your freckles are bigger. You know, blah, blah, blah. And if you don't get a grip on it, it's only going to be more, right? Um, and so the same thing is pertinent to listening, though a different frame of reference, because we are so bombarded now with so many tools and so many things coming at us that, if we're not listening, it's even more so noticeable. Am I on track? You are totally on track. Um, it, it's tough enough without all the electronics and all of the ways that people get in touch with us right now. Uh, it, it was difficult enough before we had all this to have someone listen to us in an effective and sincere way. And you add all of that and the multitasking that goes along with it, and it just makes it that much worse. You're absolutely right that if you can get a handle on learning to be an effective listener now, then no matter what comes in the future, you have a wonderful foundation uh, to, to rest on, actually. And In terms of your first question, to me the most important thing about listening is that when you listen to someone and they know that you are listening to them, their self-esteem rises. They feel valued. They feel important. 
they feel that they have something worthwhile to say. And it doesn't make any difference whether you're 9 years old or 90 years old. It is in how you are being as a listener that gives that gift to the person uh, that, you're, that is speaking with you. And there's nothing like a good dose of self-esteem during any part of your day. And so, go ahead. Oh, so so for me, I think when you talk about impact, it goes two ways. One is the impact on the person that you're listening to, and the second is the impact on yourself. If you are truly, sincerely listening, you get to learn so much, not just about the content that's coming at you but also about the person who's delivering that content. And that is one of those wonderful two sides of the same coin, and it doesn't make any difference which side it lands on. You're in a win-win situation both ways. It's like um, I've said before that, you know, in high school, we were mentioning that before the show started because both of us graduated not too long ago. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and Jeff even more recent than that <laughs> but um, we were talking about that and in school it's you know seeking to be uh, valedictorian, valedictorian but, I, but in life and with what you're talking about with the skill set of listening I like to call it the validatorian in other words mm-hmm. when people feel heard they feel validated um, they feel immensely validated. Um, they feel no wonder, like you're saying, uh, they experience more uh, self-esteem because of that essence and that energy that there's been that space held for them. How would parenting improve if if parents could really hear their children through a filter of a person wanting to be heard other than all the other filters that get in the way. It's so interesting that you ask that question because I'm uh, finishing up an article on exactly that that whole process of parenting and and listening that is is kind of came up as a result of someone asking me why doesn't my teenager listen to me and. What I really wanted to get across in an answer to your question is that when a parent is, is, is dealing with their child, one of the things that they have to realize is they are setting um, norms in motion about how they will be communicating with their child, how they will be listening to their child. And if there's one thing above all else that can show a child that they are unconditionally loved, it is to be unconditionally listened to. Because it is that in that very action that it does validate the child, no matter what it is that they're talking about, and it lets them know that they are valued and appreciated and loved. And as parents, isn't that the foundation that we want to 
lay for our children so that it can be built upon for the years later and later as we get into teenage years and even beyond. Well, I like, um, as a, as a corporate trainer, I've taught many times the seven habits of highly effective people. And, um, Stephen Covey would talk about the immense power of listening. And one of the examples that it was, let's see, it's all coming to me now. <laughs> it was seek to understand first, you know, prior to needing to be understood. And I'm paraphrasing, obviously, it's not mm-hmm. just like that, but, in that space, he gives the example of, of like how, you know, a kid will go to the parent and say, you know, I'm really not wanting to go to school today. Uh, and I really don't feel like going to school today. And the, and the parent will say, you know, are you kidding me? Do you, re- do you realize that when I was your age, I had to walk to school? I had to go through the snow. Um, I never knew when I was going to get a ride home and, (laughs) and, you know, and I had to take care of the school and then I had to cut grass at school and all you got to do is catch a convenient bus and go to school and you don't want to go. Are you kidding me? Where they never unpeeled the layer of the onion to find out why the kid didn't want to go to school. And I have found that practice and I, I would like to say that I'm spot on all the time sometimes better than others as I'm sure a lot of our listeners are kind of thinking the same thing one of my biggest moments with that Leslie was I was doing a house blessing and there was a little girl that took me to her room and she was showing me her her room and how pretty it was and these stones that she had because um, she said she needed those stones because they protected her because these real dark things came to visit her at night and she was afraid. Mm-hmm. And so rather than doing the norm of where your parents are in the other room or, you know, well, you're a big girl now or, oh, there's no reason to be afraid or all the things that people say, you know, just go into automatic mode. I said, well, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. And and she said, oh, they show up and they're like these monster creature things and they're really scary and everything. And so in a little while, uh, she tells me that she loves to draw. And I said to her, I said, do you think in the middle of the night some of these animal-looking things and creatures are coming to you so you can draw them and tell stories about them? And she said, Oh, I never looked at it like that. And she wasn't sleeping or anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And and her mom said she's never had a problem since. She was just simply, there was a space for her to be heard in a way that aligned with what was going on in her life. I never will forget that. And it, what you're saying is so powerful because one of the things that you said was, Instead of responding in what you called automatic mode, there's something that is quite quite wonderful and miraculous about asking questions. And in asking questions, it validates that person, and in this case, that child, even further, that, there, that you'll believe that there's something there, that there's something going on. And so you really want to know, to the point, seek to, seek to understand, and in asking wonderful questions, 
and then being able to uh, take her answers and reframe them in a very positive way, um, that was incredibly deep listening, and it was something that actually probably changed the course of her young life because she can sleep again, and she can now begin to see that some of those things, and this is probably subconscious, that sometimes things that appear like monsters may actually end up being other things. Subconscious or not to her, it may come in very handy later on in life. Wow, that's even an additional thought that I, I had not made that a, assessment, but you're, you're so true. I did make the connection of the fact of how it's important for her to have this exposure to adults that are leaders that really do hear her, you know, and mm-hmm. how wonderful, you know, that, that must be. Um, I say often to educators, you know, when children are acted out in school, instead of saying they're troublemakers and all that, go deeper and find out why are they acting out. They're probably just crying for help. And that's the level of listening that you're, you're talking about. There, it's a skill. You got to learn how to really do it. And when we talk about mm-hmm. people that are successful, it's because they have taken the time to develop skills and tools. Absolutely. And and one of the one of the myths about listening is that all it is is really hearing and that's not true. Hearing is physiology. It's it's taking the sound coming in through your ears or for some people through their feet in terms of, of uh, vibration. But listening is processing what you're getting from the verbal and also the body language of the person that's speaking. It's all processing, and it's processing it through your history, through your experience, through your emotions, through a lot of different parts of your brain. And that processing takes maybe in our thought process a nanosecond, but what it does is it's got to go through, for some of us, a number of barriers uh, that are getting in the way of us listening effectively and without our egos in the way. And so you're right about the fact, uh, Temple, that this is a skill and it's a skill that can be improved on. It's a skill that you can actually create a listening plan that you can get others in your life involved in. And it's a skill that as you develop it more and more, you actually have people around you because they like what is happening trying to emulate and model themselves after you. It's kind of like a rising tide floats all boats. And as you develop the skill, the people around you will also do some of the same. Oh, I love it. It's inspiring to hear you talk. And because I know that it's so, I know that as people develop this skill, it's it's not just something you're going to use in the workplace or Mm -hmm. use as a CEO or use as a teacher. It's something that people can use in everyday life and with children and in their homes and it just has such a such a wide range um i'm talking to um 
the really significant Leslie Shores. She has created the book Listen to Succeed. Her website is listentosucceed.com. When we come back, we're going to delve into the book and find out some more about the secret to these skills. I'm Temple Hayes, and thank you for being with us. We'll be right back after this short message. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with Rev. Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. Um, As we're talking about being an intentional spirit, one of the key skills that anyone needs on the planet is the ability to listen. We can certainly see it these days in the media when people are just talking. We definitely see a level of listening improving across our planet because we're all convinced there would be a greater sense of peace, of understanding. There would be less divorces and more children would have esteem. We could just go on and on. We could actually, Leslie and I, Leslie Shore, who's my (laughs) guest, we could take the whole show talking about how things could be different with just a few people in every city learning to be a better, a better listener. That would be really, really powerful. Um, her book, Listen to Succeed, is um, a bestseller. It is one that consists of four chapters. The first chapter is the value of listening. Uh, 
Leslie, I, th- I thought it would be great for you to give us some teasers. I, re- I definitely urge all of our listening audience to have this book in their library. It's a must-have. Uh, listening is improves counseling. It improves success as a teacher, as a model, whatever. It makes a difference. Tell us about that part of it, the value of listening. Well, I would say to you and your listeners this, that the golden rule applies here in the sense that do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And that really is, that's an important thing when we think about listening. Listen to others as you would have them listen to you. And one of the things that, in terms of the value we talked uh, uh, in the first section about the fact that when you are an effective listener, you're actually boosting the self-esteem of the people that you're listening to. You're gaining information and insight uh, into the person who's speaking and what they're speaking about. But on a grander and a, and a kind of a more uh, spiritual and emotional way, we literally are talking about relationships and building relationships based on true understanding of the person that is in front of you and their understanding that you are truly interested in what they have to say and and who they are. We talk a lot about you know, oh gosh, I really need to go to a psychologist to to work this thing out between me and my hubby. And we hear this all the time. And I love the counseling industry, don't get me wrong. The issue that I see is that if folks really knew how to listen effectively to each other, they would be able to stop issues before they become deep issues that need a professional to to help a couple through. There's so many times, and you know, my parents were just wonderful listeners, but they had the timeout signal. They literally would call a timeout uh, on each other if for some reason they weren't able to listen effectively to the other person. And they literally walk away for about 10 minutes come back and laugh about how silly it was getting and why it was escalating and then they were able to peel back the onion and get to the real issue at hand. I would say that for teachers, for parents, for doctors who ought to get this training in med school and don't, um, for Mm. people who are in customer service, in sales, you name it, the value of effective listening is that you you get what's being said, the, you get it right the first time, and you get it not just the facts, but you get the emotion behind it. And you are able then to respond with some kind of intelligent response because you've waited until they have finished what they're saying to even think about what the response should be. So there's a lot of value in listening effectively to people. That, uh, you know, I I just had 
<laughs> like a series of things come up when you said that. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, especially when you said, you know, customer service, because when we think of the number of times that in those two seconds we've made a decision to never use an organization or a company again, it's yeah. about listening. Yes. It's about listening. <laughs> or better said, that someone didn't listen, you know, didn't didn't listen at all. I remembered one time um, I was traveling across the country, and I had called into the hotel. We didn't have GPS then and or any of those things, navigation in your car. And so I called the hotel ahead of time and said, let me clarify that this is the way I come, and then I take this exit, and da-da-da. Oh, yes, that's the way you do it. And, um, and so then I, I'm on my journey and I wind up going in the opposite direction. It took another hour and a half to get to the hotel. And so I walk in and I'm not, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm on the flow and I'm not going to get too agitated. And so I, you know, I go up to the desk clerk and I go, you know, I just wanted you to know in the future I was told to go east and it was really west. And you might want to make a note of that for people that call in. And she goes, well, ma'am, um, most of our employees, we don't live here. <laughs> oh, gee. I know. Isn't that special? It's like we don't live here. And I'm thinking, well, well, neither do I. But you work here, you know. And so then I asked to see the super, super highest person manager same answer most of our people live here what what is it that you think we could do we don't really they're not from here and i went well like duh like a script like a phone thing like a you know how hard could it be you're just giving three little things but yeah and i just i don't use them now and i you know it's like because of just this one thing that it's so ridiculous um of not being heard and, and and what's so interesting here is that there are salespeople that are out there that they've got a customer in front of them. It could be whether it's a house or they're selling a service or they're selling books. It doesn't make any difference what it is. But they're not actually listening to the customer they're listening for a place for them to jump in with their agenda and with their information. And what happens in that situation is that that customer begins to get turned off, and they may not even know why at the moment, but it's because they're not being listened to. In, in America, we have this thing about if we're not speaking, we're not in power, and the reality is the power is in listening because you can't learn if you're speaking. And there are a lot of salespeople that are out there that are just so, oh my gosh, I've got to get this across, I've got to get this across, and they've got this script in their head, but they forget there's a live human being across from them whose problem, whatever it might be, they really want solved. And if they would just listen to that customer, they would actually make the sale. Oh, absolutely. And and potentially sell so much more if they if they did sell anything, right? I mean, yes. And, and to your point, you're never going to go back to that hotel. Someone's not going to come back to that store. I, I Actually, I remember, this is going way back, I was a manager at a B. Dalton uh, bookseller. 
out in California, and in the same mall, there was a Walden Books. And because of how I trained my people to listen, we took, we literally, basically, um, <laughs> we took 90% of, of their stuff away from them. We were an extremely successful 1,800-square-foot store, and it's because my people would listen to our customers. And they always came to us saying that very thing. Boy, you guys don't push anything on us. You listen to us, and then you get us what we really, really want and didn't even know it. And you can really feel it on on the phone, like when you call, you know, for a set of shoes, or you order some vitamins, and they weren't what you thought, or and you're wanting to explain it to the customer service rep, you know, and they're like, and you can tell they're reading, they're reading you the answer. Yep. <laughs> right, and you know, it's like, please, Louise, could somebody just do just. 15 more minutes training with all of these people and just tell them just to add a little personality flair because you can just tell they're reading off the paper. And what does that tell you about how valuable you are to them? Right. Not a whole lot. And exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we've been talking a couple of times about passion and my passion for this work and where it comes from. And, and the reality is that in every walk of life, you are working with other human beings. And relationship depends on being able to communicate well. And half of that, literally, is being able to listen effectively. And one of the things that, that we have to deal with is there are what I call barriers that are totally invisible to us until we find out what they are that are getting in the way of us listening effectively no matter how much we're really, really trying to listen well. And what I love, Leslie, about the work that you're doing that to me sets you apart from other coaches or teachers or experts about listening is that you're actually offering a profile um, that we can all go to by going to your website, listening, I mean, excuse me, listen to succeed.com. So that's listen to succeed.com because I know all of you are going, wow. I know I need to improve because, I mean, just talking to you, I, me, Temple, I know I can always improve with the art of listening. It's an everyday kind of thing that I catch myself. Or sometimes I'll call somebody later and say, you know what, I wasn't being totally present with you, and I just want to acknowledge that. Could you please talk to me again about the story that you were sharing and let me be more present with you because it's really important. But on your website, you actually have a profile that we can go to. Um, it gives us about, uh, what, 90-something questions that we can answer to kind of find out what's in our way of being a better listener. Does it guide us? Do we get a print back? We get a printout back of our results? Yes, instantaneously. There are 96 questions that are aimed to 
help you figure out which of the eight major barriers are the most problematic. And what I tell my the people who take it is to work on the ones, the, the top two uh, score getters. And um, if you work on those two first, the rest will, will fall in line. And the whole thing about the this profile, and it's kind of funny that I created it back in 2001 for my master's uh, degree, and when I sent it to my parents with carbon paper, that's how long ago it was, in between so they could score it, I get a call from my mom, and she said, Honey, you have me pegged. And I just started to laugh, and I said, Well, what came up? She said, external barriers and language. And we had a conversation about it, and the reality was that she, just like me, if you put me in a restaurant, face me towards the wall. If I have too much visual things going on, I will not be able to effectively listen. And the second one, which was language. Now, my mom was an English teacher, and she edited doctoral theses. So it's not like she doesn't have a vocabulary, and it's not like she doesn't know a whole bunch of metaphors. But the reality was that if she hit a word or a metaphor that she didn't know that someone used, she would be up in her head trying to figure it out given the context that it was said in. Well, when you're doing that, you've stopped listening to the person. And teachers as a whole, every single teacher trainer that I've given this to has had language as one of their top two. And it's because they feel they should know and sometimes feel maybe even a little bit of shame that they don't and they won't raise their hand. And I tell them, this is one of the tools, I tell them, raise your hand, be the hero in the room, because believe me, if you don't know, probably 80% of the people in the room don't know, and you're the hero by asking someone to reframe or or um, uh, come at it in a different way because uh, in context you are not able to get what it was that they were saying. So it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful tool. Yeah, I... And I can see why, because it gives you immediate value as to what you need to focus on. And then you use the explanations and the the keys that you offer in your book to kind of help advance you. What I love about it is you can get immediate results. You can know where you're at, and then you can get some measurables. So it's not just a theory, you know, like Ernest Holmes said, you know, we spend way too much time in theory and not enough practice, but it actually right. offers you a practice that's going to benefit you every day. Um, give us an example of what an external barrier and an internal barrier, what, uh, what is that? I mean, I, I feel I know, but I, I want to hear it from the expert. Uh, what is that? <laughs> so- the external barriers are, are things physically that get in the way of your listening. I already said something about both my mom and I. Uh, we get visually distracted very, very easily. If you're too cold, if something that you're sitting on is too hard, 
if you're in a um, a seminar or a large room and the acoustics are bad, or someone has the air conditioning on at such a level that not only are you cold but you can't hear a darn thing, those are the physical things that can get in the way of your listening. And for some people, it is not a problem at all. And for some people, it is a huge issue. And one of the other things that that we deal with in terms of the uh, external, we're talking about hearing, seeing, smelling, comfort. Um, It's the outside things that are affecting us and draws our attention away from the person who is speaking. And the great thing about external is there are a lot of things that you personally can do very easily to get that out of your way. I face the wall in a restaurant. I always have a pillow and a sweater in the back of my car so that if the room I'm going into ends up being cold or uncomfortable, I've already got it handled. And then because I'm over 60, I have no problem telling people to turn down the music. And I, I, I have to laugh because I did that just the other day at uh, Rojo. <laughs> it was, it's, it's a um, restaurant, and I just said, um, I cannot hear the person that I'm speaking with. Could you turn the music down, please? And they did, finally. Well, it's such yeah. an unconscious thing, you know, like when uh, when we are having Sunday or we have events or there's a class, I always tell people, you know, put on the music so when people come in, they'll feel permission to talk to each other because otherwise it has a, a more kind of feeling and people mm-hmm. whisper and then you'll want to teach this dynamic class and have interaction and because you've already set that stage, People will tend not to share or talk because of this quiet intention that was set from the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. and, and restaurants uh, are louder and louder and louder, and people are talking louder and louder and louder. And it is, it's, uh, it's such a barrier with being able to hear what, what people are saying and making that, that connection. There are a lot more. Now that you said that, you know, and you put it into that frame of reference, there's a lot of external barriers that we just don't think about. It's true. Um, And I I hope I can say this with no problem. Um, But a full bladder is an external barrier that's somewhat internal that needs to be taken care of if you can't listen. It's, it's, It's physical. It's really, really physical. Um, and another thing that really comes up, and it's because it may be the way the speaker is delivering, have you known someone, and I bet the, your your listeners have, that speaks either so slowly or so quickly that you cannot take it in? And that's the physical input of sound that you just cannot adjust to. So even speaker delivery can be uh, an external issue for you that you will have to work very hard uh, and expend a lot of energy to get over. But it is totally um, doable. And the same with nonverbals and body language. And that is a huge uh, external barrier because if you don't understand 
nonverbal behavior, if you don't uh, understand body language, then you may be missing half of the message. And if that person's body language is at odds with what they're saying, that's a barrier because now you're sitting with, what do I believe? What's coming out of their mouth or their body language? And the reality is, Temple, it's the body language you believe because the body does not lie. Mm. Thank you for that clarification. I've had I've had people want to, um, what do you say, challenge me or I don't want to say argue with me, but I've been a professional speaking coach for probably 18, 19 years now. And when I tell people that your nonverbals usually outweigh your verbals any time and that your nonverbals are more like, 75 percent and your verbals are 25 percent absolutely well now i can say according to the expert of listening (laughs) leslie shore then that's correct because i've felt that all along and i have kind of i mean i don't just put information out there without researching it but it's been interesting people wanting to debate that but um now I have a website to send them to, and I'll say, "Do the do the class, baby, do the class." <laughs> and the funny the funny thing is that even we, as listeners, our body language tells the person who's speaking to us what's really true. We could be nodding our heads and smiling, but we have the thousand yard stare, or uh, we're slouching. Or what we're, what we are pretending to do in our listening is completely, um, um, it's, oh, what's the word I want to use? I can't come up with a word. But it's, your body language is, ah, that's it, is betraying you. Mm. Because your body does not lie. So if you're fidgety and you want to get out of there and someone asks you, are you okay? To, should we do this later? And you go, oh, no, I'm fine. The body language is saying that you're not. And so as a listener, it's also really important to have your body language and uh, your other verbals and not nonverbals in alignment with each other. So powerful. <laughs> um. When we talk about the internal barriers, is that where a lot of the projection comes from? And the, and people that are, um, what do they call that? Like, you know, when somebody is really wanting to tell you about their issue, but they're, the listener is so busy comparing their own issue with theirs. Oh, There's, yes. Thank you. Oh, There's a yes. word for that. It's not coming up, but that's an internal barrier, correct? It absolutely is. It's it's kind of the one-upsmanship issue. Um, the, the moment someone, the speaker is telling a story and the listener is going, oh, well, um, I had that happen to me. And all of a sudden, they're not listening because they're thinking about how they're going to respond to this other person's story. And they've lost sight of the fact that they really should be listening to the other person to get the most out of what this, what that story is trying to tell you. And that one-upsmanship is a barrier because it has you stop listening because you're already figuring out a response. And guess what? 
it means your ego is in full bloom. And one of the most important things about listening is to get your ego out of the way. You want to be 110% in the other person's shoes. You do not matter when the other person is speaking. They matter. It's not about you. It's about them. And that's where a lot of these internal barriers come up. That's so, so significant. I I like to say when I have someone come to see me or I'm doing one-on-one coaching or whatever it is, I like to say from the very beginning, shall we both release our agendas? Shall we both be open to even a level that neither one of us know about in the moment? And it is so fascinating to me what can occur when that's the intention and when that space is allowed. I mean, somebody might think they're coming to talk to me about, you know, uh, being a key leader in, in, the, in an organization. And then, but between that space, if they think, well, in, initially that's why I made the appointment. And I think, you know, well, initially they made that appointment because they're wanting me to help them do some coaching and, 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 and help them be a better manager or whatever. If neither one of us, if we both put that over to the side, it is fascinating what we discover. Now, we may talk about that at one level, but that's not the deeper reason that we came together. And I'm always just blown away with, and that to me is even adding to the richness of what you're talking about because uh, you hear things in the quiet in that kind of space and container that you've created for people that you wouldn't hear otherwise because you'd either be fixing, correcting, impressing, um, sharing, mm-hmm. or charging, or, you know, doing the math and saying, I need to see you six more times, you know, oh boy, that's going <laughs> to, that's going to help me a lot, you know, with that bill thing. So you, you, you'd be doing all that versus listening and then deeper right. than that listening. And, um, I've heard things, I've heard people have thoughts, I've, I've heard things to, to feel or to say to them, um, and I don't, you know, and I'm fascinated by it a lot. You know, I told one woman one time, I said, you know, do you know who Carol Burnett is? I mean, you just need to, do you, could you access some of her shows on Netflix or Hulu? You just really need to get into Carol Burnett. And she looked at me and she started to cry and she said, how did you know she's like my favorite person on the planet? Oh, wow. And I went, well, <laughs> As I took my year. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm listening, you know, and that's that, that's that beauty of what you're talking about is not only how we can improve as a, at a surface level, but how we can go, you know, much deeper and be so much more proactive with people and lifting up those onion layers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the, the being present is huge. The having no agenda the keeping the ego out of the way, and something that my grandmother said, which was, wait for the period at the end of the sentence before formulating a reply. In other words, give them a full hearing. Because if you don't do that, 
you're in a situation where they may have said something really impactful and maybe they're in the middle of an epiphany, but because you're already uh, forming a reply, you miss it. And something that you said was huge and that there's there has to be an ability to have silence because so much happens in that silence. One is you can hear that yeah, I need to talk to her about Carol Burnett. Don't ask me why, but here we go. Mm-hmm. Two is that you can actually listen to the whole thing and not have anxiety about what you're going to say because you've decided I'm listening fully and deeply and then I will come up with my response and it will be a worthwhile one simply because I'm not judging and I'm waiting for that period at the end of the sentence. And then the the last thing I just have to say in terms of what you were talking about is it really is magic when things like that happen. When you know exactly what you need to talk to that person about that that literally creates that epiphany or that breakthrough. When I lost my mom a year ago, I finally went to to counseling to to do some sessions because I was stuck. Mm-hmm. And she was such an effective listener. She she allowed the silence. She asked those wonderful questions based on what I had said, not any agenda that she had, that allowed me to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And, wow, it was pretty miraculous. After about six sessions, I, I was good. But that's because she was good. I'm so glad that, you know, because of the work you do and what you stand for, that you were able to to have that. And I'm extremely sorry about the loss of your mom. What's your grandmother's name? My grandmother's name was Sadie. Sadie. Well, we just want to thank Sadie for impacting you the way she did so that you would continue to do the work that you're doing. It, it's hard to believe that our time is over. It's just gone by. It feels like 10 minutes. Love to have you on the show again. That would be awesome. So please have your people contact my people. And let's do that, Leslie Shore. Um, reminding everybody to go to listen to succeed.com. Do the profile. Uh, take advantage of, of this time right now and get a great grip on listening. It indeed will change your life. For those of you that enjoy these types of uh, programs, please join us. Join me, templehaze.com, for daily inspirations or firstunity.org. Thank you for being with us. God bless you, Leslie Shore. Same to you, Temple. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org.
Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Dorothy Day, a co-founder of the Catholic Worker Movement in America, called for not a revolution of arms, but a revolution of the heart. Since the beginning of our nation, the American Revolutionary War, and long before that actually, there has not been a time without conflict somewhere in the world. Makes you stop and think, doesn't it? Certainly we live in challenging times. Each day brings seemingly limitless opportunities to take offense. And each opportunity offers me a choice. I can give a knee-jerk response in fear or anger, or I can choose consciously to respond in love. My choice may seem insignificant. After all, I'm only one person. But as history has taught us, one person can make a difference. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.
What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation Podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.